Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, good evening, and welcome to a special edition of Saturday Mornings with Joy Keys. I am your host, Joy Keys. I want to thank you so much for tuning in. You can follow me on Twitter, at Joy Keys. Also, check me out on Facebook, Saturday Mornings with Joy Keys, and on Instagram, Saturdays with Joy Keys. This is a special show. It just got put together, but this guy is a powerhouse. Uh, he's a triple threat. He sings, he acts, he has a little swerve in his hips. You might have just recently seen him in Judas and the Black Messiah. He plays Jake Winter. He also is in Euphoria. He plays Chris McKay. You might have seen him in The Hate You Give, um, Detroit, The New Edition Story. He's all over the place. Uh, Algie Smith, he's on the line now. Let's see. Algie, Joy Keith, what's going on with you? What's up, what's up? <laughs> How you feeling? How you feeling? That introduction, I appreciate that. I, that come on, you getting me a little Look, too much No, credit is due. You're working hard. You are like getting in line with like the hardest working man in Hollywood. You know, that's the track you're on right now. Yeah, I appreciate that. I'm just trying to, you know, keep it going every day. We got a lot to do, so we got a lot to keep going. Yeah. So you're in Judas. How did you get into that project? How was the audition process for that? Yeah, so um funny enough, I I this is the one one of the first times I didn't have to go I didn't have to go through an audition process. Um, you know, I got the call from my agents that uh there was some interest in me for the role from our director Shaka and obviously from Ryan Cooper. Okay. Um, and so immediately when I heard those names, I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm in, of course. I, I don't even know what it's yeah. about yet, but I'm in. So then I started figuring mm-hmm. out what the story was and just understanding uh, that this was a, a, a huge chance for me to be a part of, of our history and the, an education tool for those who don't know. So I, I immediately jumped at it. Yeah, I mean, this is iconic, and especially at this time in history, almost feels like the things are repeating how did you prepare for the role? My my understanding is that um, Chairman uh, Fred Jr. He was on the set. Uh, able were you able to speak with him? How much time did you have? Right. Yeah. Well, to go to that first the first statement you made. Yeah. A lot of things are seems like they are reflective of the past, especially in today's society. I think that's why it wasn't so hard to really tap in and prepare for the role, um, because we know we see this in our community all the time. You know, we see that we see police brutality, we see our brothers and sisters getting gunned down by the police so much that it's it's almost become, um, I hate to say it, but normal for us to see it, and that's a problem. And so I feel like that's why, you know, it wasn't so hard for me to get into the character of Jake. What was hard is that um, I didn't have any source material to to go off of for Jake Winters. I didn't have anything that I knew about him, you know. It was just very kind of blanket, you know. We knew that his his spirit and his essence was just amazing, outgoing, and that he was a a very sharp person when it came to firearms. But other than that, I had to just kind of just trust my instinct and, and put myself in the position and say, I am a young black man in America. He was a young black man in America, so I can go off of how that feels. 
Mm-hmm. Now, did you learn anything about the Panthers that you didn't know before? Oh, my goodness, of course. I don't know. Whew, we, we're going to be talking on this phone for an hour talking about all that. Okay, but okay. I, um, give me, give me know, like, the top, I, top no, three things I, you learned. Yeah, for sure. I can say um, one great thing that I learned, you know, growing up, I I was taught about the Black Panthers not to in, you know, uh, a really in-depth degree, but uh, just growing mm-hmm. up in the black community, of course, as you know, you find out. But when I signed on to the film, one thing that they do in society, they, they tell us how Chairman Fred Hampton died, you know, and when I signed on to the film, I got to learn how he lived and the things that he did and the moves that he made as a man um, versus what the media tries to give us. Um, another thing that I learned uh, was about the uh, the, the – um, I'm sorry, I'm skipping the blank. The Rainbow Coalition, how in depth okay. that went, um, and, mm-hmm. and the starting process to that, and just seeing how a 21 year old black man in Chicago can put himself and his ego aside to say, I know there's a lot of racial things going on, but I'm going to go partner up with who should be my enemy in order to create the biggest change, and you know, in the world. It's amazing because um, how old are you now? Uh, I'm 26. So what were you doing when you were 21? Were you were you involved in any movement? You know, were you protecting the community? What were you doing at 21? You know what? When I was 21, I wasn't doing anything near what they were doing. I can tell you that much right now. And that's what that's what kind of affected me while I was filming too, because I was like, I don't feel like I'm doing enough. You know, I don't feel like I've mm. done enough. Um, and one thing that I had to I had to keep reminding myself, uh, and my mom helped me realize this as well. Like, what I do through my art and through what God has given me is enough. You know, that's my revolutionary act. Everyone can't be, you know, boots on the ground outside all the time like they were, but you have to find where your revolutionary act can be within what you do, you know? And so I quickly had to snap out of that. But just to answer your question, when I was 21, I was trying to, you know, go to the bar, drink, you know, the regular 21 thing yeah. to distract us with now. But, you know, growing up and seeing, you're, you're never too young. You're never too young. And so I wish I wish I would have, you know, been more on game like I am now. But it's all a learning process. Now, you were also in The Hate You Give, um, another heavy uh, film. And do you see what are the similarities? Um, and, and did anything shift from The Hate You Give to now with the Black Panther film? Uh, the similarities between the two films, you mean, or just in society? Yeah, your two your two characters and the films, and also, yeah. you know, how did you shift, like emotionally, you know, spiritually? Uh, what was the shift after after doing the two? Of course, so I can definitely say the two similarities are the the obvious ones, um, the 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 repercussions and the 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 aftermath of police brutality on young black men. Um, that's one. Um, you know, I, I think when I look at both the roles, I find the similarities. So and it, it, it kind of blows my mind because I was having this conversation the other day when I did, uh, I played in a movie, uh, obviously the hate you give. I did a movie called Detroit as well. And, and, yes. and that, mm-hmm. that, in that movie, you know, in Detroit, it's like the young black man is getting beat down and the hate you give, he gets killed and Judas and the black Messiah young black man takes a stand for himself and not saying that, that was the right thing to do, but that's what he felt in his heart. 
And so I feel yeah. like all three of the roles, you know, all three of those roles, they kind of tie into each other in a weird way, and it wasn't by design because I'm not trying to just play these roles. They just happen. But I think that's the, that's by design of the higher power, though. Yeah, I was. That's what I was going to say. Like, um, do you think you're going to get typecast into, you know, this this young black male character and and not be able to to branch out to anything else? Um, but it, I don't think so yeah. because I mean, you're singing. Your, um, you know, one of your songs was in um, Detroit, right? Yeah, yeah, that's the beautiful thing as well. You know, I, that that's always been the thing too. The industry tries to make it seem like you can only do this or typecast, but. The beautiful thing about what it is now is the people just love great concerts. So it doesn't, I will never be typecast just because I'm so much bigger than that, but I'm blessed to have been able to play these roles of education for sure, for sure. That's like, that's the beauty of it. In the, the movie, um, Judas and the Black Messiah, they talk about the respect for the black women. Um, do you feel in the movement today that there is respect for black women? Do you, do you see black men? And if they're not, how can they? get in line with that respect and support still be in the movement? Yeah, great question. I feel like there is respect for black women. Um, I feel like that's not, that isn't what is um, publicized or what is heightened by the media. But there are um, black men out there who do highly respect black women, one being myself, one being all of the men that were on the set of Jewish and Black Messiah. Um, but like I said, though, the media will show us the things that disrespect and so then they would try to make it normal for us to disrespect. But I think there is a healthy healthy amount of us, and I think also in order to do that, we just have to be understanding, listen, respect, you know, treat others how you want to be treated, especially a woman. We have to exalt our women. We have to make sure that they're protected physically, spiritually, mentally, everything. Um, so I think that, that, that goes with checking up on our sisters, um, you know, uh, spending time with them, getting to know them, really protecting them, asking them how they are, how their life's going, their love life, everything, you know, just being there like they're our real sisters. Yeah, I mean, we all, I mean, as a woman, um, you know, that's, I think, what we want, but also I think as a human, checking in on our brothers and sisters because right now is a really crazy time. We just had the attack on the on the Capitol what do you think the Black Panthers would have done in reaction to what happened at the Capitol? Uh, <laughs> well, funny enough, I, I, I'm not sure if the Black Panthers would have done anything because that wasn't, you know, that wasn't uh, a fight of, of justice or that wasn't a, an act of, 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 of anger, of righteous anger, I should say. That wasn't an act of righteous anger. That was an act of, of foolishness, in my opinion. So I'm not sure if the Black Panthers would have been out there with that. I mean, in the movie, you know, he does go and reach out to different ethnicities um, to, to talk about the plight of the poor, because that is a plight. Do you think he might have gone to some meeting uh, somewhere to talk to these people before this even happened, just to talk about the unification at the level of, uh, you know, economics? Uh, you know, I'm not sure. Maybe so, just because of the legacy of who he was. But, you know, some people have an agenda um, that's just completely different from from what Chairman Fred's agenda was. So um, I'm not sure. That's a really great question, though. Now, um, I heard that you create vision boards. Um, do, are you still doing that? And uh, how often do you do them? Yes, for sure. So vision boards are a huge part of my life. I feel like... Um, 
if you if you're not able to see something in your head, if you're not able to manifest it with your words, you know, um, then it won't it just won't come to you as quickly as you may want it. So with me in my life I've been able to see just the the um the outcome from creating vision boards and really speaking those things which I want in my life. And I've been able to see them happen in my life. There's a real true thing about using our words and our thoughts um, as they were intended to be used for our, you know, for our good. So I would just advise anybody out there, you know, if you have certain things you want in your life, you have to see it. Wake up and see it every day and say it. That means your mind starts believing it, your body starts believing it, and you, you, the universe around you gets in, gets in uh, line with what you're saying and believing. And so I just it's, I just uh, created Jake, one at the top of the ahead. year in January. No, sorry okay. about that. Go ahead. Okay. No, I was going to say, if Jake Winter was here, you know, now, do you think, what would be on his, his vision board? What objects and things Ooh, and great pictures question. and places? Great question. I believe that um, a strong black family, a strong black free family would be on his vision board. I believe that um, certain things as far as free health care, certain things as far as free education for the kids, free breakfast for the kids. You know, I believe everything that that they were fighting for um, would be on, on every one of those vision boards. And, not, and essentially they did have vision boards because they had certain things that they wanted. They had certain things that they demanded. So that is a vision mm-hmm. board in my, you know, in my eye. So that, that's, that they was already ahead of the curve, you know. Yeah, I mean, right now people are fighting for free education, like free college education. A lot of countries already are – yeah, have very low cost or free college education. I mean, you still have to take an exam. Do you think that can happen right, here right, in right. the U.S.? I mean, do you think that can happen here, or is it just just a too capitalist society for that to even occur? Uh, well, you know, I have hope, and I'm one of, I'm one of, um, I'm one of having hope. So I think it can happen. Um, I think we have a, a, a ways to go with getting the right people in the positions to make that happen. But I definitely believe in that. I definitely believe in this country being the best country in the world, you know, the, the world being the best place in the world. Just everybody, <laughs> you know, you'll, you'll always have, you'll always have like, you know, one side against the other. But as far as the main scope and for the care of the people, I definitely believe we get better. Did you um, get a chance to speak any Black Panthers that are present today that are still alive? Were you able to go to, I mean, some may still even be in prison. Did you get a chance to speak to any of them? You know what? Before filming, I I was able, blessed enough to speak to Mama Akua, and she is, you know, um, mm-hmm. Kevin Fred Hampton's junior mom, you know, so that's that yeah. was a blessing just having her there, hearing all those stories and just the real-life tangible things that she was saying, and you can just hear the raw and the grittiness and everything that they talk about. So that was a blessing. Other than that, we didn't really have any other Panthers on set. Um, but after the fact that the movie came out, you know, we did a couple of interviews as us as a cast, and we actually got to meet um, virtually some of the, you know, people that used to be Panthers. So that was really great hearing those stories and connecting with them. Uh, now, I was, talked, I was told about the uh, Impact Campaign. Um, you launched a site called We uh, Live for the People, www.liveforthepeople. Can you talk to us about that a little bit? Are you familiar with that? Uh, what is it? One more time. You said it's an impact campaign. Live for the people. Yeah, you maybe you're not. Um, this was um, sent to me. Uh, it was partnering with grassroots activists and organizations. Um, Hampton Junior, Mother Akua. Um, they have a website. Oh, I'll just okay. let the so audience know about something. it. 
that's super cool though. That's some, that must be something that they're doing, which it, which is amazing because honestly, I look at Chairman Fred Hampton Jr. and I look at Mama Cool and I say they they are still as persistent, you know, as the fight needs to be every single day they have their boots on the ground. And so I'm not even surprised. I didn't know about what you're talking about, but now I'm going to go look it up. I'm not even surprised. That's amazing. That's okay. Now, wait, let me ask you this, though. You know, um, what would you tell, like, your kids and things? Because you don't want them to be afraid of just walking out in the street. It can be very tiring uh, for some, you know, people just walking out in the street. I don't think people realize the the stress. Um, It's even been proven that high blood pressure has impacted African Americans differently because of racism. What would yeah. you tell children well, in, in 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 dealing with um, you know racism uh, in society today? How 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 can they handle that? Great question. Uh, first, I would tell children to do their research and understand what this country was built on, um, because to know where you're going, you got to know where you come from. I would say do your research. I will also say. Um, Understand that it's just that it, it, it is what it is for now, but that you can change it. You have the power to change it, and that the gen, the generation that's coming up behind us, they have the most power. So it's like do your research, understand what you want to change, and be adamant about changing it. And also understand that you are never too young. If we look at Chairman Fred Hampton Jr., he was 21 years old. Jake Winters was 19 years old. You know, these were essentially kids being chased by the biggest government agency because they were fighting for truth. So never be afraid to fight for what you fight for and also realize that you can make the change that you want to see. Do you think we should have reparations? And if so, what would they look like? Uh, I definitely think we should have reparations. I think we should just have uh, a fair shot. I think, other than, other, you know, beyond the reparations, we should have a fair shot. I think, you know, when we look at just a certain systematic racism that's set up, you know, we can see within the job communities, we can see with everything else, we get the lower end of the stick. So I think one way of starting with that is, um, like I'm saying, the systematic system, systematically. Sorry about that. No, it's okay. What are you doing next? What can we see you in next? Uh, well, next I am taking my dog on the walk in about 20 minutes. So, um, <laughs> no, no, but... <laughs> No, next I am. I'm working on a couple of things right now. I go back to shoot Euphoria here shortly, which is which would be great. I'm also um, yeah. working on another project with Charles King and Macro, which is which is going to be great as well. Um, also doing a lot of music and also writing writing a lot as well. I'm, I'm really wanting to do this film or the, or a TV series uh, about this hero named Garrett Morgan, and he is the man that created the stoplight. And also the gas mask, mm. and his story is just amazing. So I'm just, you know, staying in the creative space and, you know, just having fun with it, honestly. Wow, I would really like to see that movie. Uh, do you think you're going to write music for it as well? Yeah, yeah that'll be it. Come on, I'm trying to do everything for it. My plan for my career is to simultaneously be able to put out number one songs and also put out number one film and television projects at the same time for however many years I want to, so that'll definitely be a thing, yes. Who would you want to play, uh, act with that you haven't acted with so far? Who's out there that you want to, maybe the top three? Um, top three, only because just who he, because who he is. I'm going to have to say Will Smith, that's GOAT status. Um, mm-hmm. I would say 
I would say Edward Norton. Mm-hmm. And I would say I gotta pick a lady. I would say Angelina Jolie just because you know, just because. What Angelina? What happened yeah. to Angelina Jolie? Yeah, as the Bachelor Classic, Classic. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Okay. Okay. Well, I want to thank you so much. I know you have so many but I appreciate what you're doing, and I wish you much success. And I can't wait to, for for new season of Euphoria to come out. Thank you so much, Joy. I appreciate talking to you. Appreciate your time. All right. You have a good weekend. I'll talk to you later. All right. You too. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you, everybody. Uh, I'm just getting off the phone with uh, actor Algie Smith. If you missed the beginning, don't worry. Um, this will be archived, and you'll be able to listen to it. Give it about 15 minutes. It'll be archived, and then you can listen to the whole interview. Um, he is uh, in the movie Judas and the Black Messiah, and also he's in the upcoming season of Euphoria. I mean, his character, Chris McKay, went through a lot of stuff. I was going to say, you know what, S-H-I-T, um, and the other season. So I can't wait to see what he's going to go through this uh, coming season of Euphoria. But um, he looks like he is uh, – just a triple threat, really, dancing, acting, singing. Uh, now he's talking about film, uh, writing a film. So keep an eye on Algie Smith. Uh, I hope you guys have a wonderful weekend. And um, tomorrow I'll be doing two shows, 11 and 11.30, so you can check those out. Um, I'll be singing, uh, speaking with singer Bai Hayes and also um, Ugandan um, author uh, Jennifer McCombe, uh tomorrow. So check them out. All right, I'll talk to you later. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is working to help keep you and your community safe from the threat of novel or new coronavirus. Take the following everyday steps to help avoid the spread of all respiratory viruses. Wash your hands often with soap and water for at least 20 seconds. Cover your cough or sneeze with a tissue. Throw the tissue away and then wash your hands. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects or surfaces, such as remote controls and doorknobs. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. And stay home if you are sick. Call your health care provider if you develop fever, cough, or difficulty breathing. For more tips, visit cdc.gov. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.